The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We've talked a lot about the opioid crisis on this show over the past years, the number of people who are dying, those who are trying to get help, and what's being done to deal with it across Alberta, across Canada, across North America. So over the weekend, I was saddened to hear about the death of Austin Eubanks. You'll remember he was on the show not too long ago. He was a survivor of the Columbine massacre. He was shot there. His friend died. Uh, he was very open about his struggle with opioid addiction in the years after the shoot. And this weekend, unfortunately, his family confirmed that he had died from an overdose. So that happened on the weekend. Then yesterday morning, I was going through Twitter and I read a headline that said, quote, I was playing a game of Russian roulette in which Joel Gottlieb, a former news anchor at CTV Edmonton, revealed his seven-year battle with prescription painkillers. And I thought to myself, what in the actual hell? Like, oh my gosh. Uh, I reached out to Joel, wondering if he might share his story with you, and he said yes. Joel, welcome to the show, and thank you for doing this. Thank you, Jalen, for having me here. Now, let's start with this. I mean... Um, this story that Janice Johnson did at at the CBC. Now, first off, I mean, and you can read it. It's a it's a brilliant story, a scary story, an honest and painful story. How did you get to that point to decide that you wanted to share it? Well, I suffered in silence for way too long, and I knew that I had a story to tell while I was going through my deepest depths of depression and addiction but the story wasn't ready to tell then and after I went to rehab I learned a lot there and I needed I needed time I needed time for all of this to process what I had gone through how I came out of it and what I'm going to do next Mm. and after I hit one year clean off opiates I tweeted out a picture of me at the Orchard Rehab Center in Bowen Island, BC, celebrating this milestone. And uh, Janice Johnson uh, reached out to me and asked me if I would be willing to share my story. Mm. And uh, uh, I was willing to do that, and I didn't know what the response would be. It's been overwhelmingly positive. Let's go back. Can you yeah. go back how this started for you? Um, yeah. Where did it begin? It began with back injury years ago. Yeah. Um, well, I have a condition called spondylolisthesis. I have a compression of my L4, L5 disc, and it's getting worse uh, by the month mm. and by the years. So this, you know, all started um, about eight years ago. Uh, when I was walking my dog in the West End and it was the middle of winter and all of a sudden my right leg went numb and I was experiencing a lot of back pain. It, it kind of came on suddenly and then I, next thing I know I was on the ground. Hmm. And my, my, my leg was, um, I couldn't feel anything in my leg. It was really scary. So I made my way back home and I told my wife at the time, I need to go to the hospital and I need to go now. Uh. So I ended up in the U of A emergency room. They diagnosed me with sciatica and gave me a couple of Percocet while I was there, which really chilled me out and helped with the pain and sent me home with uh, six of them, I believe. And from there, I went to my doctor, my family doctor at the time, and uh, told them what was going on. 
and more prescriptions and more prescriptions and more prescriptions. Yeah, well, what happened, Jalen, was that um, the pain got uh, much, much worse, and it became unbearable. Like, it, you know, I can understand how people who are suffering chronic pain could sometimes think of ending it all. And it's a horrible thing to say, but it's it's it's... If you have, if you don't live with chronic pain, it's really hard to empathize with somebody who does. So, I pleaded to him. I was, wa- I came into his office with a cane, and I pleaded to him. I said, I need something. I, I need more Percocet. I, I, I remember asking for it, and that's how I got onto monthly prescriptions of it. He had, he did not have an intention for me to get hooked on it. Um, and I don't think the doctor who I had afterwards uh, was trying to do me harm either. So, yeah. When did you realize you had a problem, Joel? When I started carrying the pills around with me, and that was probably three or four years in. So that would take us to about uh, 2014, 2015. I always had to make sure that I had pills uh, on me, on my person. And uh, that when I would not take them uh, overnight or for several hours, I would feel my body starting to go in some type of crazy withdrawal. And that was awful, I assume. It was crazy. It was horrible. I would suffer night sweats. The most um, annoying thing would be my... I would feel this nervous energy in my arms and legs and I would twitch uncontrollably. And uh, uh, my wife at the time didn't enjoy that when we were (laughs) sleeping or any other times. And I would become extremely agitated. Joel, uh, you were a news anchor. You were in the news business for a very, very long time. You you worked at uh, CTV Edmonton as a as a news anchor for many years. Yeah. We were on the desk. Um, you competing know, was at, against we were each competing other against almost, each yeah. other. Yeah, I was at uh, I was at Global. You were at CTV, um, and you were taking um, uh, these these drugs during that time. Uh, Not when you were anchoring, because no, okay. I, I came back to CTV in '04. Okay, and this whole problem started in 2011. Okay, all right, so. When were you able to do your job? Yeah, very effectively, actually, because <laughs> I was I would shut everything else and I would focus on my job and what had to be done. So reporting, uh, I did it and I did it well. Mm-hmm. And anchoring, I did it and I did it well for a while, but then started the slow and steady decline. Uh, I could do my job because I could focus and uh, I, it became second nature yeah. to me, okay? Writing and anchoring and reporting. It, was, it's, it is in my blood. However, in retrospect, I believe that I could have done a much better job had I not been suffering an addiction. How many pills were you taking a day at the most? Okay, so I started with three at the most. It was uh, be 15, uh, between 15 and 18 I would take because I would take like three in the morning, three mid-morning, three mid-afternoon, three in the evening, and it all added up. I'm Um, not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. uh, In in the article, um, you had... You had mentioned that you, you would take them in front of other people, like at coworkers and, and, and stuff like that, and no one ever called you on it. Did anyone ever call you on it? No. No, I coworkers, just... Coworkers, family? Family? Yeah. Yeah, family did. Yeah. What, what is that? What is that you're taking? When I, when I would go visit my, my brothers in Toronto, or they would come out, and I would pull out the pill bottle and 
take one or two or bite one in half, mm. right? And I just told people at work it was medication that I needed for my back, and we left it at that. Um, so, yeah. And, and, I, and I would always try to do it without anybody seeing, too. There was a lot of things going on in your world, Joel. <sighs> like... Yeah. It, you one th- you know the the dependence on the drugs was one thing yeah um, but when you talk about things falling apart things were really falling apart in your world it started in 2015 when I uh, had an online stalker who tortured me for a year and a half she went after my kids uh, she went after my wife at the time and she sure went after me uh, posting imposter Facebook pages of me and my children, mm. my children. Um, I was <laughs> every day. I would get messages from people or emails from people saying, "Is this you? Is this is this your daughter? Is this Emma? Is this Barbara? Is this Jacob?" I mean, no. You know, that fueled the addiction. Uh, I woke up every morning with a knot in my stomach and would have to check things online. Then one of the investigating officers on the, on the case was Daniel Woodall. Mm. And he died in the line of duty trying to help another family that was suffering something similar yeah. and also trying to help me. His death really shook me too. Um, and then as we got closer to my decision to go to rehab, my marriage fell apart. My job at CTV News was switched. I was taken off the anchor desk. And that was because a new supervisor came in, mandated with changes, and had to make changes. And I understand what she had to do. I wasn't happy about Mm -hmm. it. Put back in the field reporting, which is something that I love, but I was not happy with the change. And then a short time later, uh, my uh, estranged wife told me that she was pregnant with her boyfriend's baby. So I felt like I had a series of floors that were being pulled out from underneath me. Was that rock bottom? We hear about rock bottom oftentimes when it comes to addiction, Joel, no matter what it yeah. is. And you have, to, you have to find that rock bottom before. And you might, you might hit it numerous times yes. before you decide to do something about it. Was that rock bottom? Yeah, I think that was rock bottom. But Jalen, there there was more than one rock bottom. When she told me mm-hmm. the news, it, it, you know, I was floored because it has so many implications. Um, thankfully, I you know have have a beautiful fiance in my life. Uh, I met Joanna um, uh, a few months before I went to rehab, and she really helped me with the decision to go. And she's been my rock. Um, you know, and I'm still on very good terms with my ex-wife. She's a, you know, very beautiful soul. Um, but rock bottom was shortly after that, and I would spend day after day in my basement of my house, just watching TV, uh, uh, popping pills. And then Joanna and I, in an effort to make things better, went to Miami Beach for a week in early January. And... Did you get to the beach, Joel? Yeah, a couple of times, but I spent a lot of time in the hotel room with... We had a beachfront view, and I, the drapes were closed, and I was on my iPad uh, watching uh, a video of The Riddle by Five for Fighting because the lyrics somehow echoed with me. 
Joel, I need to take a break yes. uh, right now. So we're going to take a break. Talking with Joel Gottlieb, telling his story, his his battle with his uh, his addiction to opioids, and he's clean now. It's been uh, well, it's been over a year of yes, sobriety, has. and I want to talk about that because we've talked we've talked a lot of the dark stuff, really dark stuff. But there's there's brightness to this story as well, and uh, you're doing well now, and you're sharing your story. So I want to get to that point because I think that that is. The most important part of this story. Yes. We'll continue with Joel right after this. Talking this afternoon, having a very uh, honest and raw and personal conversation with Joel Gottlieb. And, and you know Joel. He was on uh, CTV Edmonton for a very long time as a news anchor. Um, and uh, this week opened up in, a, in an article about his addiction to opioids. Um, yeah. And it's been... It's been eye-opening, I think, for, for a lot of people. Now, we've been talking before the break just of what got you there um, and, you know, yeah. that, that, that fall into to that darkness. When was it that you realized that you needed to do something about it? After the trip to Miami Beach, that turned out horrible for me and my now fiancé, Joanna. I knew I needed help, but wait, let me backtrack, because prior to that trip, I admitted I had to go to rehab when my brother David... Dr. David Gottlieb, who's a psychiatrist <laughs> oh. in Toronto, he came to visit and I was really anxious about his arrival because I was in such a dark place, suffering from depression as well. I, I needed a way out, so I value his input. So our meeting was pivotal. We were in my basement of my house and I was telling him how how horrible and miserable I felt and how I'm stuck in a depression and things around me are crashing down and these floors are being pulled out from underneath me. And he asked me, how many pills are you taking a day? And I said, it's not about the pills, okay? I don't want to talk about my pills. It has nothing, not, nothing to do with that. And he said, actually, Joel, it's all about the pills. That is what... That was it. Yeah, that that is the source of, of your problems. So you were looking at uh, rehab facilities in the states. Your your now fiance was looking at ones here in Edmonton, in, or not in Edmonton in Canada. in Canada. You ended up out in BC on Bowen Island at uh, the, the orchard. orchard. Yeah. Um, you wanted to go. You knew you needed to go, but that didn't last for very long. No, I wanted to bust out of there on my first full day. It was tough arriving there. It's a very difficult thing, you know, to arrive in a place that is foreign to you. They took the pills away from me as soon as I got there. And uh, 24 hours later, during my first full day there, I started going with through withdrawals around noon. And I stormed into their office and I demanded to leave. And I end up in the director's office with her and a nurse. And they gave me the whole talk about why I should stay. I knew they were going to do of that. Course. <laughs> and I said to them, I'm paying. You know, it's my decision to come here. It's my decision to leave. And they warned me. If I left and took pills after being off them, it yeah. could kill me. Yeah. And the one, one thing that director said to me was uh, this. She said, is this the real Joel talking or is this the addicted Joel talking? Mm. And I said, it's, it's the addicted Joel talking. I called Joanna, tried to convince her that I should leave and come back home. And uh, we spent a half an hour talking and uh, I was wearing her down. And, you know, she, at the end of it, she said, you know what? It's your decision, but it'll have consequences. You, ha you realize that. So you want to come home? Fine. Come home. Fine. Come. Fine. It's your decision. Come home. And I thought to myself, I'm not going back to that. Yeah. 
because that ain't going to be any good. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to stay. And three days later, I called her and I told her about a stash of Percocet that I had left at home, which defeats the whole purpose of going. (laughs) But that was me just surrendering completely. How long were you in there for? 28 days. January... It was. I arrived January 31st and I left February 28th. And you have been sober, you've been clean for... Yes, I've been clean ever since. Ever since uh, uh, February 1 is my anniversary date. I didn't like it when I got there, but I loved it after the first few days. I, I, I found new brothers and sisters and the counselors there who are all recovering addicts are amazing. How is life now, Joel? Great. It's great. I asked Joanna to marry me uh, a few months ago. She said yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got engaged in Maui. We're planning to get married in a couple of years. Uh, I'm happy. I'm healthy. Most importantly, I am there for my children. I was there before, but I wasn't all there. I wanted to ask you about that before we run out of time, because we're friends on Facebook, and I always saw pictures with you and the kids. You were always so busy with them, traveling with them, doing stuff yeah. with them. How has this been with them? I I, I don't freak out uh, when I have all three. <laughs> you know, I'm in a situation of shared custody, and I used to get really worried before they came over because it's a, you know it's a lot of work. But uh, it's it's amazing now. I they have my full and undivided attention, whereas they didn't before, and uh, I am there for them as much as I can be, and uh, I'm I'm all there now. I was behind a glass wall before. What's next for you? I don't know. Well, I tell you this much: the response to 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 me going public with this has been overwhelming, and I want to do public speaking engagements. I want to share my story with more people, and if I can help people through telling them what I went through and how I got out of it, that's a mission that I would love to follow up on. I hope you hear me, AHS, (laughs) and anybody else out there. I want to do public speaking engagements, and I want to write a book. Joel, uh, before we let you go here, because we're almost out of time, unfortunately, and I could keep you here all day, probably. Um, If anyone's listening right now, or has someone in their life that has uh, an addiction issue, maybe they're struggling themselves, maybe it's in their family, maybe it's a kid, maybe it's a a wife, whatever it is, what's the message to them? You need to trust the people around you who you love and tell them that you have a problem. You cannot be ashamed. There is no reason to be ashamed about this. Uh, And uh, most, well, beyond that, don't ever buy pills off the street. Mm. Don't. You don't know what you're getting. So many of them are filled with fentanyl and they can be a death pill. Do not do it. Seek help. Talk to your doctor. And if you need to get off of the... You need to get off of these pills. There is an alternative to help you avoid withdrawal. It's called Suboxone. You never bought off the street. Never. I never bought off the streets. But you're lucky to be alive. I am. And go to meetings. Narcotics Anonymous has a lot of meetings here, and there are people who are there and will welcome you with open arms. Joel, your story, I know, is going to make a difference for for a lot of people. And even if it's just one, that's huge. It is. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you Mm -hmm. for your candor. Um, And just the best of luck moving ahead, friend. Thank you so much, Jaylin. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, to all your listeners out there, thank you for all of your positive feedback. I appreciate it. I thank you for it. It's been overwhelming.